You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Panther Nation, welcome back to another episode of Locked On Pit, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Nick Fairbaugh, and I write for Pittsburgh Sports Now about the Panthers, and we have a really good episode on tap. I want to tackle Lucas Kroll's emergence and what his emergence has done for this offense. I also want to talk about can Pitt rise to the challenge that Brandy Bates put out? Can they get more turnovers in the future? And if so, how can they create more turnovers? All that and more coming up on Locked on Pitt. Folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. Today's main event, Lucas Kroll and his emergence and what he means to the Panther offense now that he has finally emerged as a breakout stud in this offense. But first, I do want to shout out Locked On ACC. Folks, there's no better place to get all your ACC conference news than the Locked On ACC podcast hosted by Candace Cooper. Follow the Lockdown ACC podcast on the Audacity app or wherever you get your podcasts. I do, though, really want to talk about Lucas Crawl. You know, I've mentioned him in waning moments here on this show over the past few days, especially when we talk about the explosive offense. He's got a touchdown in every game so far, and this dude is finally the tight end that Pitt's been looking for for so long. They've had a black hole of tight ends going back to, like, really since Scott Orndoff left, right? I mean, it's been a black hole of tight ends. He had, you know, Nakia Griffin-Stewart, Will Gregg, Daniel Moraga, then transferred out. I mean, there has not been a stable tight end that could actually threaten the defense, and Mark Whipple's scheme is so friendly to the tight end. Because, listen, Mark Whipple's scheme is, is what it does is, he attacks the middle of the field so well with that tight end. You can see that, right? You know, Carl's getting vertical, the big touchdown he had against Western Michigan over the crosser. Uh, he'll, he'll run corner routes. He'll run seam routes. He's a mismatch up the seam, which Carl is. And Whipple's scheme takes full advantage of his athleticism. And this is exactly what Lucas Kroll brings to the table. Lucas Kroll is a dude. You know, maybe not the best blocker in the world. He tries his hardest, which you always appreciate. You appreciate the effort. But Crawl leads all tight ends in the FBS with four touchdowns this season. So, listen. The first tight end in pit to catch three straight games with a touchdown since Doran Dickerson in 2009? I mean, we're going this far back. Lucas Crawl is something we have just not seen in pit. For a long, long, long time. And what defenses now have to do is they have to respect the tight end underneath. And it's opening things up over the top. Because they can't completely focus on, you know, Addison. They can't focus on Barden. They can't focus on Taysir Mack. Because Kroll is that dude, man. And what Lucas Kroll brings to the table is that athleticism, that big athleticism, that basketball frame. That dude that can go up and get it over the rim. He will win 
above the rim all day. First touchdown catch against UMass, he goes above the rim. He will do that. That's the type of tight end you need. The guy that catches everything and doesn't drop much. And so far, Kroll's caught just about everything thrown his way. He's been a big, big threat. That you know, The touchdown catch on Saturday was extremely impressive to me. I mean, he pretty much does a somersault and somehow catches it. I mean, he's 6'6", 257. He's got the ability to stretch the field. He can run a diverse drought tree for multiple alignments in line in the slot all wide. I mean, this dude is probably the best, or I, I maybe not the best. Let's not call him the best because, again, Orndorff was solid, although he's given a case to maybe be the best in Storin Dickerson. But he's definitely, definitely the most dangerous receiving threat that this team has had at the tight end position since Doran Dickerson. That's the type of guy that he is. He's so talented. And I really think that they need to start getting him even maybe more involved in the offense. He's a guy that is just a legitimate threat. And again, when you have a guy like that over the middle of the field, that can stretch seams, that can stress the middle of the field, that can stretch corner routes, that can stress those safeties, those linebackers, you have a mismatch. And football is a game of finding mismatches. And Lucas Kroll brings that to the table. This is exactly what Pitt's needed at the tight end position. They've needed a shorthanded guy with athleticism. The shorthanded guy that can stress defenses up the seam. Kroll can also be that dude that is, you know, a safety blanket for Kenny Pickett. He can be a, a safety valve over the middle of the field. He can be that big target Kenny throws to out of structure. That's the type of guy that you get in Lucas Kroll. And it's beautiful because Lucas Kroll does open up that offense a lot more. He does give more opportunities to Addison's of the world, to the Jalen Barton's of the world, to the Jared Wayne's of the world, to the Tasier Max of the world. He opens up the offense completely because of what he can do. His ability to threaten the defense is such a huge addition and such a huge thing to have a quality tight end now on the roster. Lucas Kroll is great. So far, he looks like a potential NFL tight end. He's having that breakout year that everyone was hoping for. I think, again, when we talk about the offense being the optimistic part of this team, they've been great so far. 40-plus points in each game. First time they've ever done that. Carl's a big reason why. He's been great as a receiver. Strong hands. He's got, he runs crisp routes. He's a great red zone threat, which they haven't had in a while. You know, the red zone troubles for the Panthers have been a thing. Lucas Carl helps assuage a lot of that issues. A lot of those issues, that's the thing with Lucas Kroll. He just helps you erase a lot of issues that you could otherwise have. And when Pickett maybe isn't on target all the time, and he's on target a lot, Kroll can bail him out. He made also a very nice sideline catch, showed off good body control, awareness. Kroll has a lot of it. He's a very mature guy for his for the team. They, they needed that presence, and he's a guy that just really, really exudes a mismatch on this offense, and it's a big-time addition out of Florida. Lucas Kroll, he was injured last year, really sucked that they couldn't have had him, but he's back this year, and he's really phenomenal. And I'm just excited to see what Kroll can put up for the rest of the season. All right, now, Brandy Bates talked a lot today about we got to do, we got to make turnovers happen, we got to overcome adversity, and I do want to talk about that. But first, I want to make sure you guys go check out our friends over at betonline.ag. 
G, it's your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. They now have a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, contests. BetOnline AG is still your number one source for everything football, so make sure to head over to their website and use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up, so don't forget to use the promo code NFL100 again. That's the promo code NFL100. From anything from your favorite Vegas casino games to football, basketball, boxing, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Alright folks, I really want to focus in on Randy Bates. Good defensive coordinator in my opinion. You're not going to hear me complain much about what Randy Bates has done here since 2018 at Pitt. You really aren't. This is a guy that has disappointed me very little. I'll say that. Now he does call the plays. You know, that's the way they present it, and, and he said as much. He calls the plays, Narduzzi obviously says some things and has input here or there, but it appears that Randy Bates does call the plays. So, I'm going to put that on his shoulders. I'm going to put the performance of Pitt's defense the past two weeks, to be quite honest with you, on his shoulders, although I wasn't completely disappointed with the defense last week. But this week, obviously, is a different story. This was probably, this might have been the worst defensive performance relative to just opponent and scheme and what was being run. Because, you know, I mean, yeah, he got diced up by Trevor Lawrence, but that's Trevor Lawrence, right? So I'm, I'm not going to hold that as much against him as I will, you know, this Western Michigan team. And again, I've espoused about how I think they have a few talented players, including Caleb Ellaby, but man, it was just blatantly obvious. So he comes out and says, yeah, it's my fault. And I do like that. But one thing I do really, I do kind of have to ask. So they essentially say, hey, let's talk about in regards to everything. Let us talk about turnover. So, when you have everything that's going on with Pitt's defense, turnovers obviously do have to be a point of emphasis. But, they're not going to be created without these adjustments that you can have from the defensive coordinator side. So, I think this is something when you look at turnovers, and, and Bates talking about, well, we have to create turnovers... It's hard to create turnovers when you put your guys in these situations. So you put so Caleb Ellaby's doing one two step drop, get it out quick. Your pass rush ain't gonna get there fast enough unless your guys just completely blanket everyone. They did a few times and they got there, right? So it's tough to to create a turnover from that perspective. But strip sacks are gonna be how this team is probably gonna best do this. Because they have Habakkuk Baldonado, they have Kalaja Kansi, they have Deslan Alexander, they have Devin Danielson, they have all these talented defensive linemen that we've talked about all over and over and over as the strength of the defense, and rightfully so. They're very good football players. 
And that's how you're going to probably create turnovers. Your splash plays defensively. So we've talked about the explosive plays offensively. Well, now you need de- explosive plays defensively. He's not completely wrong. This team does not force a ton of turnovers. But it's also, in fact, a byproduct of the scheme, right? So when you're in press quarters and essentially you can cover zero, strip sacks are your best way to do this. Against worse quarterbacks, yes, they'll make ill-advised decisions. See Hendon Hooker's interception to Brandon Hill. So the secondary has to step up. And I think that this that this was more direct at the secondary. The D-line has played well. It's, they just can't get there when the guy's going to get it out in three steps two, in two seconds. I mean, Caleb Ellaby had, a, had an average release time on Saturday of 2.4 seconds. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you, you can get to the quarterback as much as you try. Pitt still got to him a, a good bit. And listen... You're not going to do a ton still against a guy like that because he's just getting it out so quickly. He knows what to do. Rhythm throw, get it out. My guy's open. He's playing with outside leverage. He's playing 10 yards off. I've got my man. It's really that simple. Like, legitimately. It is that simple. So turnovers are going to be a point of emphasis. But understand, their best way to create them is going to be the strip sacks. Because, again, it's not something that you can create in the secondary here because you're not going to do a ton of disguising. It's press quarters every play, essentially. You know, I mean, the, the Brandon Hill pick came on, came on cover, too. I mean, Hill kind of came out of position, read that thing like a book, and jumped it. So, in regards to that, great play by Brandon Hill, but you need a play like that in order for, you know, an interception to happen or something like that. Now, you can have other ways where Mathis or Kez Williams or, you know, Devonshire cover their guy really well, get their head around, get the pick, but you're more focused on just playing the ball and getting that thing down and forcing an incompletion on the deep pass. Only if you are in perfect position do you want to go for that pick. So it's tough to get interceptions in this defense. It's tough for the linebackers too because they're taught to play run first a lot. So your head's spinning a little bit when you're essentially playing the run and then trying to roll over and back to maybe make a pick. You're more so just going to get your arms up trying to bat that thing down, right? Instead of doing the pick stuff. And and I'm certain they'll be more opportunistic over the next few weeks because the message has clearly been sent, hey, we need turnovers. But the scheme itself is going to limit turnovers a lot, period. So when you look at that, unless you have an elite NFL corner... And Mathis is an NFL corner, but I don't know if he's an elite corner. Then you're going to be a guy that might not get a lot of production. And as a secondary overall, you're going to be a team that might lack the interceptions and production, the ball production that you want as a defense. You have a lot of pass deflections, but maybe not a lot of interceptions. So strip sacks are going to be the way. You're going to have to dial up pressure. And on the back end, you're somehow going to have to dial up ways to where these guys can't get it out in two seconds like Caleb Bellamy did. So you just have to adjust to the RPO game. You have to adjust to, the, to a quick passing game like like Western Michigan did, the ball control team. You have to adjust to that. And I think that's exactly... So Bates' comments, yes, you need more turnovers. Yes, you need the splash plays. But understand that those splash plays are going to have to come probably from a defensive line and not your secondary because just of how your scheme is set up. All right, now I'm going to talk a little bit about adversity with a young team and why Pitt's in a very different position with their defense than they were in years past. 
However, first, folks, I want to talk to you about BuiltBar.com. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And this week, this week only, there's a limited time flavor, Cookie Dough Chunk. So please, please, folks, check it out. There's nine delicious flavors of Built Bar that you can try. My personal favorite, Double Chocolate. Great tasting, and they're healthy. Only 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. They're all tasty. They're all healthy. Everything going here with Built Bar. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15. Again, use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, listen up college football fans hope you guys have heard of prize picks but if you haven't i'm here to in i'm here to put you in on this it's daily fantasy made easy and i love this and i know you will too prize picks is a leader in college sports and guess what they offer more props than anyone so any type of prop you want yards interceptions sacks interceptions thrown even right all of this will be here for mid-major players for star power five players they'll all be there you will receive instant an instant 100 instant deposit to match up to 100 and you can pick two to five players and an over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry and it's just you versus those projected numbers and guess what you can also cross sports so you can do college football and then also bet on lebron on the same day for example so use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. All these entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals, so don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com or go to your App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. I am really, really interested to talk about this pit defense because while we've talked about scheme, while we've talked about everything like this, we have to kind of essentially talk about why this team, the adjustments that they make are a little tougher than most years. Listen. It's inexperience. Yes, they have Damari Mathis. And even the guys that are upperclassmen haven't played a lot. Damari Mathis has. But don't forget, he was out for a whole year. Eric Hallett, yeah, he's been around the block. You've heard that name. But this is an inexperienced football player. Brandon Hill, pretty inexperienced. Kez Williams, he's had a little bit of time. But he was banged up last year and in and out of the lineup. Battle, Devonshire, all these players... Calendar. All these talented football players are so inexperienced. And at some point when you play a press man quarter scheme like Pat Narduzzi does, and you say, well, actually, hey, maybe we want to run a little cover two or we want to run a little cover three here and mix it up and, and give these defense, these offenses, excuse me, um, some different looks. Well, at that point, you're kind of stuck because you don't run a lot of that probably in summer camp. You're probably with an inexperienced secondary, hey, let's get the basics down. Let's teach, you know, match man in, in, in our quarter scheme, in our press quarter scheme. Let, let's teach our technique. Let's teach our footwork in our press quarter scheme because we're going to be playing that about 90% of the time. 
So let's get the, the base scheme down that we're going to be running pretty much every play. And let's work from there. I mean, this is just something that, in my opinion, is complicating matters. And, you know, yes, you can make adjustments. You can absolutely make adjustments to the young secondary, but it complicates things. Because you don't have DeMar Hamlin and Paris Ford, who have been there for two-plus years and have run all the little intricate stuff otherwise. You know, last year when they were playing Boston College and they were playing teams down the stretch there, they were able to make these adjustments. Hey, we can use a little bit of cover, too. We can use a little bit of a single high safety. Uh, we can run a little cover three. We can run, run these kind of special plays because, well, we have DeMar Hamlin, who's been here forever. We have Paris Ford, who's been here. We have Jason Pinnock, who's been here. So we know we can trust that secondary. These guys are experienced. But this secondary is not. They probably haven't practiced that. Now that might be getting involved more in the in the playbook over these next few weeks. But again, they only have three days of practice leading up to New Hampshire. And it's New Hampshire. I mean, I, I expect them to win this game relatively easily at that. But listen, it's not like you have a ton of time now to say, well, we have to install cover two and, and a cover three base and do this. So now you have to make more subtle stuff and, and lean on your experienced areas right which is your d-line and your linebackers your linebackers are more experienced because you have brighton campbell you have denise who's played significant stats wendell davis isn't as much but you know you have pine patrician these guys have been around the block so you now have to shift responsibility away from the secondary and try to help them elsewhere so it's tough to make you know whole scale adjustments coverage wise when you essentially have taught these kids the same thing for a few years now. It's just not the same when you don't have an NFL player and such an experienced player who's seen your scheme inside and out for five years like DeMar Hamlin. It's not the same. And this is something that we have to highlight and at least give a little credence to. When when Bates and Narduzzi are talking about, well, yes, we should have made it, but man, we're limited in what we can do. They are. This is a young secondary that needs time to gel. And later in the season, you know, when they face Clems and when they face UNC, when they face Miami... Yes, they will be able to do that. They will be able to switch things out. They will be able to run more rotations if they want to. They'll be able to do a lot of different things. And that's really cool. But right now in week three, when you were playing Western Michigan, and you were thinking, hey, we were preparing for this, and then Sarasia Denise essentially said, well, they caught us off guard. We didn't expect them to run RPO slant all day. And then they were overthinking, and then they were having their heads scrambled, and then you just go into a vicious cycle with, obviously, the scheme being the limiting factor. But then the players also, their inexperience shows up, and you have a head scramble. So, this is something else we have to look at when we talk about pitch defensive struggles. This is an experienced secondary that, outside of Damari Mathis, is going to take some bumps, and they're going to have to learn from it, and they're going to have to learn new techniques and new coverages in order for this team to evolve and, and really pair up those patches in the secondary it's not completely easy it's not an easy fix as a defense coordinator you obviously have to make those adjustments but you are limited in what you can do because of what your secondary's experience level is in the scheme itself and you just want those basics down first and pit 
needs to make sure you have that detail, 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 leverage, you have the right footwork, you break on this, you break on this footwork, you know, you keep your eyes here, you, you do this in, in this situation when the two and the one, you know, run like this, and it's, you have to make sure you have your guys on level head first in the scheme itself, and we don't truly know if they were yet, you know, they might just still be getting comfortable with that as a team and communicating with each other. So we have to put that in. Maybe we see this improvement over the course of the season in this young secondary just needs to mature and gel together as they continue to learn and get more comfortable in the scheme. It's a confounding factor that I think I haven't talked about and I haven't seen mentioned enough um, around the mill for if Pitt maybe can actually get this fixed and, and maybe strengthen this team down the stretch. All right, folks, that is pretty much all here. I'm going to have Ian Cummings on tomorrow to talk about can you pick it, the draft prospects that Pitt has and where we're looking at for their NFL future. But before we get out of here, I want to make sure you guys check out the Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and Lee Sterling. Get Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day picks, blowout specials, and more on the Locked on Bets podcast. Follow wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to listen to the Locked on Bets podcast. All right, folks. Thanks for listening, and as always, Hail to Pitt.